1: we Hello, my money saving comrades. My name's Graham Clark, and I'm excited to be with you again this week on the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast. This is a podcast made by the Money Stepper Savings community for the Money Stepper Savings community. It's designed to help us all achieve the goals that we've set for the 2015 Savings Challenge and make that journey to financial freedom much more friendly and enjoyable. Are you ready? Let's get going. Attempting to succeed without embracing the tools immediately available for your success is no less absurd than trying to row a boat by drawing only with your hands through the water or trying to unscrew a screw using nothing more than your fingernail. It's this week's quote of the week by Richie Norton and In this quote, Mr Norton uses two very literal examples of leverage as applied to mechanics. So, creating a lever in order to improve or to increase the amount of force that you can apply uh, to a certain object. Now, leverage in finance, which is going to be today's subject, is more of a conceptual idea. But, in my opinion, it applies equally to the quote. It is a tool, which is available to most of us, and... It can help us improve our results just as using a screwdriver to undrew a screw or using a paddle to row your boat helps you improve your results in those arenas. Today, we're going to run through what leverage is. We're going to speak about how leverage can apply to three of the most common forms of investments Uh, cash, equities, and property investment. So, let's get cracking. So let's start let's discuss about what leverage is and to, to do that let's talk about a very simple example in finance it doesn't matter what my investment is but say i'm going to invest one thousand pounds and i can earn a ten percent return okay very easy maths my return after that one year would be one hundred pounds that would be my income that would be my profit for my investment one hundred divided by a thousand is ten percent return Now, what about if in that same scenario where I can earn this 10%, uh, we'll say guaranteed each year, I can also borrow £5,000 from a financial institution, say from a bank, at 3% for that year. Okay, so now I have my own £1,000 plus I have £5,000 of the bank's money to invest. So my income for the year is the total £6,000 times by the 10%. It's now £600. £600. However, I have a loan from the bank, and so I need to pay interest on that to them, which we said was at 3%. So I have my interest to pay at £5,000 times 3%, which is £150. So I have a total of income of 600 interest to pay of 150 and a net return of 450 So before, I a £100 by investing £1,000, and now I'm earning £450. But if you look at how much I've invested, it's still only £1,000 effectively it's the bank who's investing the rest on my behalf and I get to profit from this. So our return is £450 divided by the £1,000 we've invested, which is 45%, compared to only 10% without leverage. So that's the whole idea about leverage, is that you can take advantage of a good asset, something you can buy which will increase in value every year, and it will increase more in value every year than the interest you might have to pay by borrowing money from somebody else. It's a vital concept to understand generally in finance because we need to understand how our return on investments improve as a result of this, but specifically it's absolutely integral to understand when it comes to property investment which we'll come on to. Let's start with the most simple possibility of leveraging and this is an investment in cash. Well actually leveraging in cash is pretty much exactly what we just went through in that previous example. Unfortunately, there's two key problems in the example that I used. Firstly, I said that we were going to borrow at 3% interest. Now, the difficulty with that is to obtain unsecured borrowing at 3%. Maybe just about possible in today's interest rate environment, but generally will be very difficult to do. And our return in the example above was 10% a year. Now, anyone who knows who's trying to struggle to get savings on their cash in their current accounts and their savings accounts will know that obtaining returns of 10% a year isn't hugely realistic at the minute. So what about in reality? Well, historical returns on cash over the past 40 years have been around 5.9%. Now I'm going to quote some figures like this. If you want to see them, they'll be in the show notes and they come from a previous piece of research I've done over the past 40 or 50 years in returns in cash and shares and in property. That's in an article which is entitled What Should I Invest in? Property Versus Shares Versus Cash. It's a bit about 5.9% over the last 40 years. Seems incredibly high when you think about what they are today. We may think, therefore, we might be able to make a profit through leveraging on cash. But the problem is that when the interest rates were much higher, interest rates on unsecured personal loans over that period were also much, much higher. And it would have been nearly impossible to get a loan uh, 20 years ago with an interest rate below this 5.9% figure. So generally, if your return on investment is lower than the interest you will pay on your debt, then leveraging will only lead to bigger losses. However, are there any opportunities in leveraging cash today? Well, possibly, yes. One example that we could look at is money transfer credit cards. So I'm sure you've all heard of 0% balance transfer credit cards. But some companies also offer the service where they'll put money from your credit card into your current account, into your bank account, and they'll then charge 0% on that money for the, for the period. MBNA, for the moment, offer a 24-month card, 0%, but they charge an upfront fee of 1.94% of the amount that you transfer into your bank account. At the same time, looking at how much we can earn on our investments, on fixed rates on cash, Santander 123 account currently offers 3% interest on balances between £3,000 and £20,000. So, some people may be able to borrow, we'll say, for an example, £5,000 on the MBNA credit card, and they could place that £5,000 into the Santander account, where they have to make sure all the conditions are met to get the 3% interest, for the two years. They would then have to pay down a minimum of 1% on the outstanding balance on the credit card every month, because they're the terms and conditions with the credit card. And then we can make the calculation based on the monthly interest on the amount that's left in the Santander account after paying this minimum monthly payment. The calculations, again, are in the show notes, but effectively you can see that the interest that will be earned on your balance over that period, over the two years, we're using two years because that's the 0% interest rate period, will be £262 in interest in this scenario on £5,000 borrowed. Remember there was the upfront payment, there was, a, there was a cost to doing this, that was 1.94% of the 5000 which is £97. So, we can earn £262 in interest, it costs us £97 to obtain the, we'll say, finance to do so, and therefore your profit you can make from this is £165, with actually with none of your money invested sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? But there's also some risks that come in. You have to consider all the risks when you're talking about a reward that comes from 0% invested yourself. The first risk can be easily mitigated, but it's that you could forget that the end of the interest-free period is about to come up. If you did that, after all these introductory rates, your interest goes up to something crazy, 20-odd percent. And so if you forget about that and you don't pay back your credit card while it's in the 0% period, you could quite easily lose a lot of the benefit you've got from running this leverage scenario. Another risk is that the 3% offered by Santander in this scenario isn't fixed. They could change that at any time during the period. And if you had to move down to a lower interest rate, obviously that would reduce your profit from what you can obtain in the scenario. And something else to look out for borrowing on a credit card could negatively impact your credit score in the short term. So if you need your credit for other things, if you're buying a house for instance in the next couple of years or for some other reason you need a good credit score, then just be wary of that. It's worth saying at this point that actually by taking out the credit card and repaying it every month and then in full after the two years, that will actually help your credit credit score in the long term. So what's the conclusion for cash? It's quite difficult to leverage when you're investing in cash. The returns aren't great and it's quite difficult to obtain unsecured personal loans for significant amounts in order to be be able to make it worthwhile doing. It is possible for the people who want to do that and want to take a fairly minimal risk in doing so, but your gains will reflect that lack of risk and they will be quite small. So let's move on to leverage in equity, in stock investments. Well, the principle is actually the same as cash. You'll borrow money from a party, either from a bank or from a credit card loan, and you can invest that into the markets. Two differences. One, your returns are going to be much higher in the market, positive thing. Two, they're going to be hugely variable in the short term, negative thing and something we have to be very, very considerate of when we're thinking about leveraging our money in equity investments. Again, let's run this example, the same example. We'll say we're now going to get historic market returns of 10% a year, and we're going to do it by investing in a very low-cost market-tracking ETF, that's what we suggest you do through Money Stepper. We'll say a Vanguard ETF tracking the S&P 500, fees of 0.19%, something like that. We're looking at getting 10% per annum returns. All our borrowing is the same. We're going to borrow £5,000 on this credit card. We'll pay the 1.97% fee. We'll have to repay the minimum of 1% each month. If we run these figures, then we obtain an income in the two-year period of £846. The cost remains at £97. So this time on our 0% invested of our own money, we will have gains of £750 over the two years. Now, this comes with a lot more risk, but maybe quite controversially, in my opinion, this risk in the long term is worthwhile. And this is actually something I do myself. So let's have a think and discussion about those risks. The first risk and the biggest risk is the volatility of your returns. So... We said historically, it's around 10% return each year. But what would have happened if you'd done this in the FTSE 100 in 2007? Well, over the following two years, the market fell by about 40%. So if you're £5,000 that you've got invested, at the end of the period, you'd only have £3,000 left in your investments, but you'll still need to pay down the £5,000 from your credit card before the interest-free period ends. Okay. The solution is that you need to make sure you've got enough money elsewhere to be able to pay that down. And in this time, in this scenario, you make a loss. That's what happens. That's what volatility is. But if we do this every two years for the rest of our lives, then on average we'll be earning that 10% a year and we'll be making on average the £750. Remember for every two years that something terrible happens in the market, there's two years where the market significantly outperforms and your return will be much higher than that.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: You just have to be in a position where you can deal with these kind of situations. Another solution, which is, has been available for a few years and hopefully will continue to be for a while, is that when you're 0% Credit card period comes to an end, you can actually transfer that onto a different zero percent credit card. Now, the problem might be that these deals might dry up, so you don't want to rely on that. But often, that will be the solution when you come to the end of your period. Just remember as well, on the seven hundred and fifty pounds, you need to factor in uh, the fees for buying and selling your ETF and the management fee. In the example where you've got five thousand pounds invested, if you do that through a through a value online broker. Your costs will probably only come to around 30 quid, uh, reducing your profits from the 750 to 720. And also be wary of taxes if you're investing outside of a tax wrapper. Uh, That's outside of an ISA in the UK or outside of an IRA in the US. So there's lots of risks to consider when you are thinking about using leverage for equity investments. But I'll be honest with you for me, it is personally worth that risk, I think. It doesn't impact my credit to a position where it would change any of my future borrowing. I would have no issue with my credit in the future as a result. I think I can do this over the long term. I have funds um, available. If if there is a disaster in the markets, I'll still be able to meet my uh, debt requirements. So for me, I think the risk, whilst it's higher, is mitigated from my personal situation. And so this is something that I do take advantage of. However, that £750 profit or £720 profit completely pales into insignificance when we consider the last investment type and that is property or real estate. And leveraging in property is the king. This is where all the returns really come from in property investment. So again, the idea is that when you buy, um, we'll we'll talk about buy-to-let property. So when you buy some property with the with the intention of letting it out over a long period and let that capital appreciation grow over 10, 15, 20, 25 years, then the average increase in that property will exceed the debt pay- repayments and so you'll be able to benefit from leveraging. On the example above, we could say that on buy select property it's around 12% returns each year. And so we plug that into the same example above and our £720 profit goes up to £950. However, that's not realistic to how leveraging works in property in real life. The key difference is that you can leverage much more on property than you can in either cash or shares. People don't want to lend you money to invest into shares or into cash. Okay, It's generally not profitable for banks to do so. However, because you have a physical asset when you have property investment. You have something that is there, something that exists and will always exist. The bank is much more happy to lend you that money because they have something to fall back on if you can't pay your debts. You can actually borrow much more because this loan is known as a secured loan. It's secured against the property, whereas the unsecured personal loans, you struggle to get the same amount of of borrowing. So let's go through another example. I like examples. Um, I'll try to go through it slowly so you can keep up. Equally, head on over to the show notes at moneystepper.com forward slash power of leverage, all one word. And we'll have this whole example laid out there. Let's keep the maths easy. Let's say we've got a hundred thousand pounds of our own money to invest in property. We could buy one property in cash for a hundred thousand pounds which we will let to tenants for 25 years. So all of our investment appraisals will be over this 25 year period. We're going to make the following assumptions and these assumptions will be made whether we leverage or not. So our first basis is that we won't be leveraging. So we're spending all of our £100,000 in cash to buy the property. We're going to assume house prices increase by 7% a year, which will be 4% above inflation. So we're going to consider inflation at 3% a year. We'll rent the property out for 10 months a year for the 25 year period. Okay, So that's giving us a couple of months where we might struggle to rent the property out. Um, It just makes the numbers a bit more realistic because you will have some vacant periods when you're letting out property. Rents will start at £600 a month and they will increase in line with inflation again at 3% a year. All the costs so repairs to your property, service charge, ground rent, insurance, etc. They'll be estimated at being 25% of the annual rent and they will increase in line with inflation. And finally, we're going to assume that tax is paid on all rental profits at 20% and capital growth is subject to capital gains tax at 18%. Now, in reality, these should be much less because you have your annual personal allowance to consider. You can place certain costs against your income and reduce your tax in that way. So if you're if you're tax savvy, there's ways to reduce that that bill. But we're going to say, worst case scenario, we pay the full amount of tax on those. Again, numbers in the show notes. But if we run that example for 25 years, the total of our income from the rents less the costs plus our capital appreciation will give us a total profit over the 25 year period of 267,852 pounds we'll or put another way it would equal a compound annual return of 5.3% each year okay so remember that number 5.3% 268,000 pounds in profit let's consider using leverage on property So, how do we leverage property? Well, we've got £100,000 to invest, but instead of this time of buying one house for £100,000, we're going to buy five houses for £100,000 each, and each of them will have an 80% loan-to-value mortgage. So, you'll be borrowing £400,000 from the bank, and you'll be investing £100,000 of your own money, just as we did before. couple new assumptions... Uh, we're going to assume that our mortgages is on an interest-only basis and that our annual mortgage interest rate is 5% a year. Now, after 25 years, this time, when you run the numbers with leverage, instead of having £268,000 profit, you'll have £939,000 profit. That's an annual return of 9.8%. Now remember 9.8% might not seem so high as a figure by itself but you have to remember that this is after the inflation of 3% so it's inflation adjusted and it's with these taxes of around 20% applied to all profits. So going back to the example before on property when you had 10% returns in reality, if you applied the same thing, if you looked at after-inflation returns and then you took off your tax, you're looking at around 5.5% as, a, a, as an equivalent figure. So, remember, it's £939,000 profit with leverage, £267,000 without. So you've increased your profit by 3.5 times what you would have if you didn't leverage your properties. Also, let's take a second there to consider how nice that is. You invest £100,000 and over 25 years you make £939,000 profit. That averages around 37000 pounds a year. That's not bad, is it? That's inflation adjusted as well, so that's in today's money. So just from this £100,000 example, down the road you'll be earning a significant income from just that one investment. This also doesn't even consider other aspects of property investments where you can really start making money, namely buying below market value. You increase Your, your gains in total increase no end if you can buy this property for, say, £80,000 instead of the £100,000 because if you did that for each property, you obtained a 20% discount, then the property values are £500,000 but what you paid for them is £400,000. And so you've basically gained that £100,000 straight away in profit, which you can then kind of get compounded onto as well with the capital growth and, and with the income from the properties. So I hope that illustrates to you how important leveraging is in property. And for anyone looking to leverage, I would probably take property as your point and stop there. But... For those who are very careful with their investments and have, have thought it out, then leveraging when it comes to stocks and shares may be a possibility as well. Leveraging when it comes to cash, probably not. probably not worthwhile. So if you want to know more about how leverage and indeed how buying below market value can fit into your overall investment strategy, then head over to rmpproperty.com forward slash Money Stepper to get your free property investment guide and to set up a free meeting with RMP Property to discuss how you can build leverage and below market value into your strategy. RMP Property is a company run by Rob Bents from The Property Podcast. Money Stepper have been working with RMP and with The Property Podcast for a couple of years now and I personally have been working with RMP in order to help me source um, below market value property in the past few weeks and months and I would highly recommend anyone looking to start investment in property head on over to that link rmpproperty.com forward slash money stepper where you can get guide on 10 things that you should make sure you've done before you start investing in property and through that link you can set up a meeting absolutely free with the guys over at RMP. Okay, as ever, a quick good news article of the week to make you feel good before we leave you. And Today we have a story from the Israel-Palestine border. It's not often an area for good news articles, um, but with the growing number of conflicts like this in the world, it's good to see humans working together as humans, um, and people working le- together side by side. Um, this week I read an article on how a project run by the Near East Foundation who are an organisation which work on economic development in Africa and the Middle East. They're working with 34 farming communities in Israel and Palestine, and their idea is that their organisation will help build economic and social partnerships, and in doing so, it will promote peace and reconciliation in the area. Now I'm not sure uh, the work they're doing with olive oil farmers in the area is necessarily going to solve the underlying issues in the region, but it's nice to see that people are trying to have a positive impact in the area whenever they can. So I'll add that to the show notes, it's an interesting read and i find what that foundation are doing there pretty pretty interesting. Next week brings month end, very excitingly, uh, so I hope you're looking forward to Filling out your spreadsheets again and getting those results submitted to Money Stepper. I'm actually on my stag due next week, so I won't be able to reply to your submissions until the 6th, Monday the 6th of April. But I'll be back on that Monday, um, maybe feeling a little bit tired, but otherwise raring to go to find out how you're all doing. And we'll have our usual email communication following the submission of your results. Uh, until then, keep on climbing we got the scene no. of the area. Sir, la, rap. Still look like that. Sir, la, rap. They come here and stay back.